Happy Thanksgiving week, everyone. I know the holidays can be exciting for some and rough for others, so my friend Laura and I decided to podcast on the art of forgiveness. Ironically, our podcast revolves around pop culture phenomenons that we are working on but have not fully forgiven. Let me share some examples that didn't make the show. On Poldark, Caroline calls her husband Dr. Ennis. What's up with that? For some reason, this is hard for me to forgive. How about Lady Gaga's meat dress? Can she be forgiven? And does her performance in A Star is Born help her case? And finally, what about Hollywood refusing to make a good love story anymore? It's unforgivable. Someone should write a book about that. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 80 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast, and I am here with my friend, Laura, and we had this great inspiration, not Laura, my roommate, another friend, Laura, we had this great inspiration of an idea for Thanksgiving week, because sometimes whenever you're with family and friends, you need to learn to forgive. There are some things that people do that you're just like, "Mm, I want to punch you in the throat, but you don't. You hold back. You are a normal person during the holidays, and it's great. So Laura and I were talking about her new book, which is all about forgiveness, and we thought it's just apropos since it's this week, we need to forgive, and there's also a lot in pop culture that we need to forgive. Am I right, Laura? I mean, our lists are long. Our lists are so long, there's not enough time. Yes. (laughs) So right. So good. The list is long, as we said, so we're going to go back and forth and talk about these moments where our hearts were crushed, our fingers were wagging, our jaws were dropped, and we're thinking, what have you just done, writer, producer, character, world? And we're going to just work through it, but we still don't think they need forgiveness, right? Or by the end of this, we will be able to forgive them? I don't know. We'll see. I think... Only by the grace of God, because what they've done is, in fact, unforgivable. (laughs) Okay, um, guess first. Laura, what is the first moment in pop culture that you would like to forgive? Tell the listeners. Okay, so my my first contribution to this list is Downton Abbey Masterpiece Theater's Masterpiece. Where they went tragically wrong is when Matthew tragically mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. in the car accident in season three. Mm-hmm. What we thought was a simple bloody ear was life no more. And I still, you know what? I stopped watching it. I did. Did I stopped you? It. I stopped. You I really upset. didn't forgive. No, it made me so angry. Now, I did go back and pick it up. After seasons four and five, I think were already out. I yeah. went back after a while. I needed some time and space, but right. <laughs> it's horrible. It so you awful. never once thought, as blood's coming out of his ear, oh, he's gonna die. No, I thought. <laughs> here's what I thought. I thought there's no way they're gonna let him die because the show can't go on. So this huh. must be some twist and turn that's mm. coming. But no, mm. they just got married. He's driving home to a new baby. Mary's in the hospital. You remember that? She's giving birth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what, Laura? They didn't really do well after Matthew died. 
I think they that's walk. what we call jumping the shark. I really. Mm-hmm. I jumping didn't like it afterwards, though. No, they walked with a limp after that, <laughs> and Mary lost her glow. It was. It still makes me mad. I can still feel. I can still feel my neck getting tense. I, mm-hmm. Oh, it makes mm-hmm. me angry. Well, that was a that was a very good one. It reminds me of. I feel like people were as irritated with that one as Derek Shepard dying on Grey's Anatomy. That well, made the world turn upside down. So deaths well, of our favorite characters need well, forgiveness, but I don't think we're going to give it. No, it's, is Derek, who's the one that died on Grey's Anatomy um, before that? It was, it was Denny. Oh, no. like 17 people died before that. But yes, Denny but died. Um, Heigl. Catherine mm-hmm. Holmes, is that her name? Heigl. Mm-hmm. Catherine Heigl. And it was like season one or two. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, was it Denny in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. That was our first traumatic experience, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, so I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy since. Oh. <laughs> so you can see, having written a book on forgiveness, I have some struggles. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go through your book step by step, Laura. And just write it all down and take oh. take note of what what is hardened in your heart. It's with... bringing it all back. That was but a hard one. Shepherd too. I didn't even see it. I saw it from a distance. I saw the ads about it, and I thought, Oh yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Sorry so, for the viewers that have stayed. Oh yes, I was where I had I had stopped watching Grey's Anatomy for something similar where it was just I can't do this anymore, so I'm walking okay. away. But I was working for Entertainment Weekly at the time, and I had a show that had come on on Thursday nights and I couldn't post my show because Derek had just died and entertainment oh. weekly's website crashed because people were so upset and really? had to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. And to yeah. this day, I think people are just still, still mad at Shonda Rhimes as they should be, as, as they should they be. Shonda. I'm just assuming that she's listening. Oh yeah. And needs to know that we're still <laughs> mad Shonda. Sure, you're a powerhouse. Sure, yeah. you are a force to be reckoned with. But that doesn't give you the right to step on our hearts. <laughs> Amen. Use your power wisely, Shonda. Exactly, Shonda. She's going over to Netflix, so no telling what she's doing over there. Oh, whoa. Yeah. yeah. She oh, doesn't weird. She doesn't have a lot of the red tape from a network television show, so no telling what she's going to drag out. Anyway, whoa. speaking of being irritated and mad about characters in a show. My first one is Friends. Now, hold on. Hold your horses, listeners. Loved all 10 seasons for the most part. I, if you, if you gave me any kind of trivia right now on Friends, I could probably nail it with a 100% score, I'm sure. Me too. Um, But the part that is irritating, there were two parts in the season that, or in the series that I think need forgiveness Number one, Marcel the monkey. Stop it. Stop it. What in the world? It well, was no, annoying. That was just weird and creepy, and it almost was the downfall of his character. Yes, it was. Thank yes. you. It yes. made me annoyed with Ross because he had the dumb monkey around, and I never was so happy the day it went off to the zoo or the movie set or whatever. I... I I couldn't, I couldn't stand Marcel, and that was early in the series. But what made me 
even more angry toward the end was this stupid Joey and Rachel being squished together. No need for that. There's no need for that. None. Now, here's what I will say about that, though. One thing I appreciated was the way they built it up and the you could see Joey genuinely falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Didn't all of us, oh, all of us were in love with her at some level. Sure. <laughs> we had an affection toward Rachel. Yeah. And her unlike, hair. Yeah. Unlike anyone else on there. I don't know. It just shouldn't have happened. I agree. And it was, it was at the point where you were irritated with the writers too, thinking, is this where you've gone? I mean, are you just trying to, oh, we don't know how to keep Rachel and Ross apart anymore. Here's something we can do. Joey's here. Yep. Here's Joey. And yeah, I agreed. I didn't understand the purpose behind it. You knew that was going to end in heartbreak because Mm -hmm. Rachel and Joey, I mean, Rachel and Ross are lobsters. Right. They're they're lobsters. So how can anyone else come in? So why tamper with Joey's heart? Yeah. And truth is, we didn't we all love Joey for who Joey was, and that was sure. someone who couldn't commit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he never did after that. He never did once. Yep. Okay, what's your second one, Laura? Well, what can you not forgive in pop culture? What I'm noticing is that I have a theme uh, related to tragedy. Oh. This one is Friday Night Lights mm. when Jason suffers his spinal cord injury Mm. season one Mm -mm. episode one on the football field yes awful well now would you have rather had a bunch of jason street and then an injury isn't it best to just get him in the wheelchair at the very beginning could be could be i'm not going to argue with that but what i'll say is here's what was amazing to me about that is i was in love with jason street (laughs) Couple, I mean, really, couple frames into it. Mm-hmm. I was like, he is the all-star quarterback. He was so perfectly cast. Mm. But then when he, you know, skipped to a couple seasons and he's playing basketball with his friends, it, he, I loved his comeback. He's in a wheelchair and he's still competing. He's still, but it just, I don't know. I It was, no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but what I will say is I did not take offense <laughs> To Tim Riggins making the move on Lila. Really, she made the move on to him. Right, but right. I did. Did you? Riggins was my favorite. Riggins I mean, was. My favorite. I think it went Tammy Taylor, Coach Taylor, Riggins, Jason, and then it I didn't care about anybody else. Oh, oh, oh Matt, Matt Saracen didn't care about oh, me. Mm-mm. Loved it. I maybe loved liked his grandma. Loved his grandma. But love now in the beginning I didn't I didn't love him, but then he grew on me through the seasons yeah. and I really did love him. And I will say I did love his relationship with Coach Taylor's daughter, although I failed to was her name what was her name? I don't remember because I didn't like her. She was an awful actress, but mm-hmm. I just did love Matt Sears. He was precious. Now was- did you watch Jason Street on Heart of Dixie when he was I George Tuxer? Tucker? I, did. I thought he was awful. Oh, so bad. His his southern accent was so bad, but I also put Wade Kinsella above George Tucker, too. I'm that yeah. person. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing about that Heart of Dixie, because I was looking for, this could be a side, this may be a tangent, but I'm looking for something to watch on Netflix, and I see a lot of people recommending Heart of Dixie, so I started it. Could have been the worst acting 
I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Did I see it through? Yeah, I did. I watched it all. <laughs> did you? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's for Wade Kinsella. That's why I watched yes. it. I also wrote about it, but I, oh, I just, I loved Wade Kinsella. I think yeah. it's because he drove a truck and he wore flannel and boots and... Oh. And they did have genuine chemistry, Rachel Wilson and him. They mm-hmm. really did. I agree. But I'll tell you, Mayor, what was Mayor's name? Um, yeah, LaVon. LaVon. Oh, mm-hmm. I loved LaVon. Yeah. Also. <laughs> loved them all. But <laughs> awful. But Jay- And here's another thing about Jason Street on Heart of Dixie. He had packed on too many pounds to be yeah. healthy. He just didn't look himself. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he also was in Parenthood. What? He, he married, I don't remember their names. I'm Lorelai. He married, I know that's from Gilmore Girls, but Lorelai's daughter. What? He married her whenever they do the fast forward at the very, very end in the finale. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've got to go back because I've seen every episode of, that's one of the best shows ever. Yes, it is. But yes, it is. I don't remember him. Yes, being and I don't remember Lorelai's daughter's name. What's wrong with my memory? But her, I know I her name either. is May, maybe in real life. Yeah, May in real life, which I think she's, I love her. I think she's, she's really good. wonderful. Yeah. But yes, it's in some, it's really fast and it's in some fast forward where we see where everybody is later on and that's who she's married to. I'm saying dating? married. Maybe they no, no. It was just a little cameo he did in the final. Oh. Mm-hmm. And well, maybe I, they weren't married, but he was with her. I'm so, happy. Anyway, yeah. okay. My next one is um, an interesting one. We were just talking about this before we started recording, and we've just got decided to squish two together. Um, I need forgiveness in some celebrity couples that have broken up that it makes me angry. And yes. the first one is Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt. And the yep. second one is Magic Mike, as you call him, Channing yep. Tatum, as I call him, and Jenna Dewan yep. Tatum. Tatum. Were you equally devastated or devastated more by one or the other when the when the news was announced i was devastated more by magic mike and jenna and why is that i'll tell you why because there was a clip on e-news or some entertainment show that showed them just out and about and they were at some after party and they were dancing together and Mm -hmm. Both of them are phenomenal dancers. Mm-hmm. And when you saw it in action, you recognized how perfect they were. It's like real life lobsters together. Right. And you don't break that up. You do not break it up. Mm. And why do you think they broke up? I don't know. That's yeah. what I can't get. Like, I know I have my theory on why Anna Ferris, why they broke up. Mm-hmm. And but I don't, I, that's what part of what, what needs forgiveness is that there's just no, there's no good answer why they broke up. There's exactly. no reason. Now, I can say, Laura, and, and I have maybe three witnesses who can attest to this. I called it. I predicted what? it. I did. Because I followed them both on Instagram. And okay. as you said, they're together. They're together. They're doing this. Here's a video. And here's our family. And this, that. And, and then all of a sudden, it was her And she was a lot sexier than she normally is. And it's just her. And it's just him over here doing Magic Mike stuff. And it's just her doing. And I thought, that's weird because they're one to always be together and say, 
love you and you're the best and you're the one that I want. And, and, and that stopped and it, and it concerned me. I said, this isn't good. I called it. Friend Emily is the one who's the first one who said you called it. And I said, yes, I did. But I did not call Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt because I thought they were legit and tight. And the reason why is right before they announced their separation or their breakup or their divorce or whatever, they were both at the Guardians of the Galaxy or a Jurassic Park or some big, huge thing just glowing and gushing about each other and how loved they were and how happy they were. But you said you had a theory. Why do you think it is that they broke up? My theory is that Chris lost, because you know, when we first see them together, we the way we got to know Chris Pratt mm-hmm. was the fluffy, mm-hmm. endearing, funny guy next door that you just love, but he's kind of every girl's friend. Yeah. Then he gets chiseled for these big movies that he starts making and you see him, you see people start to look at him with a different set of eyes. Mm-hmm. I could see it coming. I think I called that one mm. early on. Like there's no way, which made me super sad because I feel like he hurt her and probably couched it and we just grew apart or blah, blah, blah. But really he's like, I'm a catch now. Mm. That's what I think. See, I've heard the opposite is that she was sort of, and I don't know which one is right, and I think it's probably all rumor, but she was jealous of the fact that he got so famous because for the longest time, she was the famous one in the relationship. And now the tables have turned and she doesn't like being the one on his arm and he's the one getting the star on the Walk of Fame and she's the one being interviewed about how do you, how much do you love your man? I think it was just a bunch of all of that together too, because he did several blockbusters in a row. And that had to mean he was away for a long time. So that could be right. That could be right. But after they broke up, when you saw her, she looked so fragile Mm -hmm. that I probably, I just assumed he crushed her. Mm -hmm. He might have. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. But that makes- they are both dating somebody now, as is Channing and Jenna are both dating now. I say rebound, 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 mm-hmm. rebound to all four of those. Yep. Chris Pratt is dating a Schwarzenegger. Oh, Arnold, that's mm-hmm, yeah. Arnold and Maria's daughter. I did see that. And I feel like there's like a 10-year age difference. Ugh. Oh. I just want to know, come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. Okay, what's your next one, Laura? Okay, my next one, I'm going to step into the fashion Mm -hmm. world for just a little bit and talk about some unforgivable fashion trends that are current, but they hail back to the 90s. Mm. And that is the, I love that Levi's has made a big comeback. Mm -hmm. So that is wonderful. What is unforgivable is they brought back the 100% cotton full 10-inch rise wedgie (laughs) jeans. That and they've even named them the wedgie. That is un- <laughs> it makes me physically hurt to say it. Oh, it's so bad. Now here's the thing about it too, because you cannot you can't effectively wear these jeans unless you tuck some shirt in super, super tight. And it doesn't matter if you are 22 years old and a national gymnast, 
<laughs> Nobody wears those without a poochy gut. So, so think about me, a, a mom in her 40s with C-section scarring and a soft gut. No, 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 and no. Here's the thing too about this. Here's why it's unforgivable. I can wear jeans with a high content of stretch and drop one size. Exactly. I wear 100% cotton and I'm going up four sizes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? No, no, no. Uh, the only thing that could be redeeming about that is the double-breasted boyfriend blazer that's come back. Oh, yeah. Yes, I have seen that. I but that. still, even if it's over it, the, it's n- not a good look. And is it the is it the lighter wash, too? I've yeah, noticed the yeah. lighter wash is coming back. And there's been some acid wash in there, too. I don't know what Target is doing right now, but they're diving all in head first with this business. Yeah, they have that new line, wild thing or something like that. <laughs> Like, no, no. Like Tone Loke. It's still yeah. in the 90s. This is crazy. There's other oh. stuff. What else is there, too? Oh, my God. Well, the mock turtleneck, you oh. know, the mock turtleneck and the, um, oh, for me, though, I will say I'm, I'm somewhat grateful because my neck is doing yeah. some weird things right now. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. But like the waffle weave, the mm-hmm. ribbed, like mm-hmm. textures mm-hmm. and just the oversized, um, you know, rugby's are coming back. No, they are. Oh they my gosh! Are. The next thing you're going to say is Coca-Cola shirts are coming back. They will give it time. Oh Maybe Pepsi's going to try and get in on it this year and 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 try and compete in those. But oh. yeah, there were it, four girls at my Bible study on Wednesday night that had Birkenstocks on. Oh yeah, well Birkenstocks are a blessing. Are they those okay? Uh huh. Those are a blessing. I own a couple pair and love them. But here's what's not a blessing that I discovered when I was in Austin this summer. And I think Austin, I think we can safely say Austin is probably ahead of the trend curve. They are. Mm-hmm. Then, then Houston, no offense, but I'm a Houstonian and I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But here's what's coming back. Mm-mm. Crocs. Crocs. Oh, yeah. Coming back. Mm-mm. Yeah. Just stop it. I know. And I think Birkenstocks are the, um, the cuter, more mature, older cousin of the Croc. When it comes to comfort, I wouldn't put them in the same family. No, okay, that's offensive to Birkenstocks. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere <laughs> they rise up, and now you're on their list of needing forgiveness. <laughs> Birkenstocks are a blessing. Just put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Is there anything else I need to be aware of? Oh, there are. I got to think more though. There's a lot. You said the collar, something about a collar. Well, you remember back when we were, gosh, I don't know what age we were, but do you remember how the lace collars, Mm -hmm. you you attached them? Yes. They came on and off. They came on and off so that you could wear them with any style of shirt, a t-shirt. You could go the casual, but I'm not really casual look. They were, you could certainly, obviously the denim jumper. Mm, mm-hmm. wore That's how they kind of came into existence probably. But here's what I, I feel like those did. Why they need forgiveness. Not just because they were fashionably, fashionably abhorrent, but I think they need forgiveness because spiritually they stunted me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what it did? 
It took me so much longer to really understand the grace of the Lord versus the legalism of Christian culture based on his followers right there, right there. That was the fulcrum from which everything else rooted from. Okay, I got yes, it. Mm-hmm. it That's what put me into counseling. Uh. <laughs> I learned, yes, you are okay. You are lovely. You don't have to perform, Laura. Get the collar off. <laughs> I bet if we call Lene Ray right now, she could produce four of them from the attic. If I Quite called her, perfect. we could wear them. We could switch out. Yep. I'd let you yep. borrow them. You I could know. wear them when you speak. Oh man, that is frightening. Okay, my next one is something I think a lot of people need forgiveness with this topic, and it is Ari saying yes to Becca and getting down and proposing, and then five minutes later saying, just kidding, and then five minutes later breaking up with her on national television. And then five minutes later, proposing to Lauren on the After Rose special. And I don't know if I need, I I feel like a lot of people I need to forgive for that. I need to forgive Ari and I'm not gonna. Um, I think ABC needs forgiveness and Mike Fleiss for even making Becca do that. And part of me wants to think, surely she got a ton of money. For agreeing to that on live television. Although I don't think she knew it was coming. But hopefully afterwards they wrote her a nice check for just smearing that on national television for all to see. I hope so. And it's funny because you said the name Ari. And I bet I certainly had a physical reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I imagine everyone listening did as well. Yeah, it was announced this week that Lauren is pregnant. I cannot. Oh, Lauren is pregnant. Lauren is pregnant. Yes. I thought Mm -hmm. you, I thought we talked about this before we started and I thought you said Becca was pregnant. No, that's why you said, is it Ari's baby? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said. (laughs) That's so much funnier now. Ari. Yes. To my knowledge, Lauren's baby daddy is Ari. They are doing the nice staged photo for Us Weekly where she looks glamorous and he looks glamorous. And they're just casually sitting in the kitchen hugging while she holds the sonogram. It's completely fake. That makes me nauseous. It does. I know. And I'm just thinking, I bet they, no telling what Us Weekly paid them to get that story first. Oh, oh. I mean, I would say a million dollars. For sure. Well, do you think? Could be. Maybe not. I don't know. They're not, they're not quite as hot as they used to be. Maybe half a million dollars now. I would say they're not even worth 50. Oh, yeah. No on Ari. No, no, and no. I know. He needs forgiveness and I don't think he's going to get it. It's going to take a while. Now, here's my question about this. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Mike Fleiss. You mentioned uh, Ari. You mentioned Lauren. You mentioned, but you didn't. Do you throw Chris Harrison in there? Does he take any responsibility whatsoever? No. Oh, Chris wow. Harrison is on this pedestal. Yes. Okay, so he's he's going to have to, yes, he's going to have to do something horrible for me to need to forgive him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does he have a girlfriend? Um, some people say yes. I choose to believe no. 
because, you know, hopefully one day we'll meet again, Harrison and I, and, um, you know, things will just naturally bloom into something. We'll see. He would be foolish. He would be foolish to think otherwise, to look otherwise. He would be greatest catch Harrison could ever hope for. Because I kind of fashioned myself as the person who made him famous, right? I, I, I would completely agree with that. Because would The Bachelor still be on had I not started recapping about it in 2003? I don't think so. No, no. it would have died. As, well, it would have died a very quick death. A quick, actually. Yeah, quick, painless <laughs> death. Boom, it's done. So, all right, what's your next one, Laura? Okay, okay here's one that I have. All the sitcom comebacks <laughs> that should have died. They should have, they went out on top. Most of them did. They should have stayed there. Yep. Will and Grace, yep. Roseanne, MacGyver, mm. uh, Magnum P.I. Mm. Mm. I mean, really. Mm. Now, All here's the offense about Magnum P.I. is that they tried to think that anyone other than Tom mm. Selleck could play Magnum P.I. Never. Ever. Never, never. And that's what's so, that's what's frustrating to me in general about things like, hey, let's remake Footloose. Right. Oh, I was going to say that. Julianne Huff, no. How in the world does somebody sitting around a table go, yes, that is a good idea. Let's put a Huff in there. That's. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. So frustrating to me. Now, one thing. I need I need to ask for forgiveness really for the huffs. I don't Let's put I don't a know. huff in there. Visceral <laughs> reaction to the huffs. I know it's weird, but it's yeah. true. But I but but I see her in everything. I don't know why, but I see her in everything. I think I I just everything she's in, I'll watch. I don't know why. Anyway, yeah. one I, thing I, that I can get behind though is the Disney remaking things in real life. I'm okay with that. Like the like, new Cinderella. Yes, I agree with that too. Yeah, I totally think that's true. But here's what I don't agree with. Is it, isn't it Disney that's doing the live in real time on TV? Like the remake no. when they did the, um, That's not Disney. Carrie Underwood played The Sound of Music and that's, all that. Yeah, that's NBC. That's unforgivable. That unforgivable. is unforgivable. The Dirty Dancing one, Laura, please tell yes. me you watched it. I did. Oh I, my I didn't gosh. watch the whole thing. I was so, I, oh, it's off. I watched the Carrie Underwood because I was rooting for her. Yeah. Mm. And I'll say this, uh, another tangent, but she on the CMAs with Brad Paisley, mm-hmm. that duo, she is so surprisingly uh, quick. Yes. And, and it surprises me because she seems shy. She seems right. reserved. I don't see her with comedic timing. Right. Which makes you think, why didn't she do well as Maria? Exactly. Well, yeah. she should have. If we're watching how she can sing, phenomenal, and how she, you know, banters with Brad yeah. Paisley, it should have worked out. It did not. I bet and it's it not even the live thing because yeah. the CMAs are live. Right. I think it's because she needs a wingman. I oh. think she needed Brad Paisley to yeah. uh, something. I think she's probably not as strong solo as she is sitting next to someone that is true that is true Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah all of those my last one to talk about is the movie not the book but the movie a wrinkle in time that came out this year did you see it laura i did not see it intentionally so 
And why, is, why didn't you see it? Because Miss Gross, I know that's her name. Miss Gross was my fifth grade teacher and she read that book to us and it marked me. I loved it mm-hmm. and I loved her voice reading it. It was, I got lost in that book and I thought there's no way Oprah and Reese are going to be able to somehow make that. It, I just knew. Mm-hmm. I was happy that they saw how good it is and they wanted to make a movie that I'm commendable. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. But I just thought, no, it's not going to be helpful for me to see it. It's just going to taint my childhood, if you will. And it would have because it it did mine. Mm. I um, am so appreciative that you didn't see that. So you don't have to go through this experience that I'm going through now. Because what is frustrating to me is whenever you look at the movie, you think, well, well, I mean, if I'm completely honest, I will say, well, Chris Pine is in it. We have to go see his eyes because uh-huh. Chris yeah. Pine is yeah. is my new bar. I'm sorry, Ryan Gosling, oh. but Chris Pine is my new bar. Yes. Wait, yes, wait, it is. but is Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper is the bar. Bradley Cooper, no. I'm oh. sorry. I know. I know that's hard. Bradley Cooper's up there, but Bradley Cooper's a little too weird for me. In real life, in real life. But yes, love Bradley Cooper. I think Chris Pine's eyes beat Bradley Cooper's eyes, Mm -mm. even though they have the same vein of eyes. Anyway, so you see Chris Pine and I I mean, I have to go because it's Chris Pine. So let's take him out of the equation. And you think, well, look, there's Oprah Winfrey, there's Reese Witherspoon, and there's Mindy Kaling. Lover. As the three misses. This has to be great. Yeah, three powerhouses for sure. And it was, um, it was, it was visually stunning. And if you think it's like the book, it's not. So somehow that helped in some ways. I think it helped me in some ways that it wasn't exactly like the book. Uh But the part that just drug it down was the three misses. And that made me so sad. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, so... Mindy Kaling to me was the best because she's Mrs. Who. So she just, she just pops out quotes the whole entire time. And it's funny, Uh but when she's not doing that, she has this weird, serious, straight lip lined face. So she sort of looks like she's not in the moment. She's just dead. Her eyes are dead and she just doesn't care. And so that bothered me because it made sense that Mindy Kaling would be doing the funny parts. But when she's not being funny, she doesn't have a personality. So that was weird. Reese Witherspoon was okay, but not great. And then Oprah pretended to be the all-powerful Oz and spoke in her Oprah voice the entire time. And here's the thing, and I know this will be met with some pushback from listeners, maybe, I don't know. I think Oprah is not ever not Oprah. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. And I will say this. The reason she excelled so beautifully in the color purple is because she really wasn't Oprah yet. Yep. As we know, Oprah. Yep. So since now that she's Oprah, she's just always going to be Oprah. Yes. And she was. I kind of think that about Julia Roberts, too. There, I saw out there. You did. I think she's excellent. I think she's a brilliant, I think she's a really gifted actress, but uh, and maybe it's because she's physically so, like her mouth, there's no other mouth like hers. Right. But she's always Julia Roberts to me. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Are you mm. watching her new thing? I haven't started it yet. Is it good? I haven't either. I don't know. I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I got. I want to start it, but it just looks like it's a, I don't know. I know. I'm not intrigued. I know. I know. I need to, I need to 
vet it out a little bit more to see if it's worth my time. Maybe if listeners are listening and they can add comments. If yes, please do. Let us know. I think it's called Homecoming, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Like that. Okay. And it's on Netflix or Amazon? It's Netflix. Okay. Ooh, no, it's not. It's Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. Let us know listeners if we need to, yes. if we need to read that or if we need to watch that. Okay. Watch now I want to talk mm-hmm. about, um, while we're in the, the topic of forgiveness, I want to talk about your new book, Laura, tell everybody about, it just came out this year. It's very exciting, but your new book and a little bit about what's inside of it and where they can get it. Ah, thank you. So the book is titled Forgive, Freedom is Worth It. Mm-hmm. And upon hearing that title, you may sa- say, that sounds like a root canal. I don't know that I want to <laughs> read it. <laughs> but what I have learned in my life with the subject of forgiveness is that it really is, for me, forgiveness really is the thing that has moved me from being stuck in life to feeling free in life. Mm-hmm in my relationship with the Lord. So for me, forgiveness has been a real um, game changer for me. So when I, when I will say this about the book is knowing that, knowing that upon first glance or thought about it is that it's not going to be met with a lot of like, Ooh, we can't wait to pick that up and cuddle up next to a Mm -hmm. fire. Mm -hmm. The book is actually written in a way that is funny and engaging. So it's full of, humor and fun, but it packs in some good truth, right? deeper truth that's needed to help us all. Right. I don't know if that sounds, I don't know if that makes sense, but so to me, it is, um, it's just a practical tool yeah. on what forgiveness means. And most importantly, what forgiveness doesn't mean. That's true. I, that's I think true. We have a lot of misunderstanding. We think forgiveness means just to forget about it or blow it off. And we can't do that. That's not no. possible. I think the thing that I like about the book, too, is whenever you say, oh, I'm going to run out and get this book on forgiveness. I mean, we know you're joking. And I would also think, well, I'm cool. I I don't need to forgive anybody. Right. Well, mm, because the way you walk through the thought process of, do you feel this? Have you said this? What has happened after? And And you're thinking through like, oh, maybe I haven't forgiven what happened to me even in childhood or what happened to me at that job I'm not at anymore or what happened to me that one time my mom said that thing and you're not even realizing that that is sticking to you and right. and, and let's let's get that off let's, and yeah. and that's what I liked about it because whenever I was I read it I thought well I don't, I don't need to forgive anybody and you know by chapter four I'm like hmm yeah. Maybe I do because yeah. you, you again walk through the steps of consider this, consider this, but you're laughing the whole time, which makes yeah. it not fun, but it doesn't make it so heavy. Right. Exactly. Because if you, if you, I, I, there's a lot of books on forgiveness, I'll say that by a lot of really bright, smart, expert type people. But they're what I've found to be true. And I haven't read every book on forgiveness, but what those I have read, they tend to be really heady and, mm-hmm. and um, like you said, heavy. Mm-hmm. And this one, I knew it. W- I wanted it to be accessible to all people, so that it's um, full of humor and it's written in a way that's conversational. But it, it, I think it really can be helpful. Yes, and and it's also 
something that you've been doing for a long time with your speaking, you've just made it into book form. So it's not like you just decided one day to write a book about forgiveness. No, exactly. I walked through these steps about probably 20 years ago and it changed my whole life. And Mm -hmm. so I've been teaching and speaking about lots of things, but forgiveness has been one. And I lead a retreat every year on this subject of forgiveness. And we had a woman come who was older, a little bit older. And she drove there and she's like, well, I don't have anyone I need to forgive, but I love Laura. She's from the deep (laughs) South and I just adore her. And she said, but Laura, I'm going to come. And by the end she had like three pages. She just realized I just, she just didn't really understand what forgiveness really meant. Right. Right. Cause you're not thinking of it in that vein at all. So where, where can people get the book? You can get it at Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. That's the main seller. And so you can just type in forgive, period. The period at the end will bring you right to it. Okay. Uh, freedom is worth it. Or my name. You can you know search for it by Laura Seifert. Either way. And we'll add a link in the show notes to this. So oh, that'll excellent. go straight to that too. And then also, um, you have a podcast too that is through your ministry. Yes, right. ministry. So people can download that, right? And it's your yep. series that you do. Tell everybody about that. Yes. So I teach regularly throughout the year and we record the messages. And so I'll do a series, either a topical series on hope or on refuge. We just finished one. Or I'll do a book of the Bible like Ruth or Joseph, a character study, and we record them and they're on podcast on iTunes. You can find them under yes, period, yes.ministries. You can find them there and you can listen uh, as you want. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, yeah. I'll leave out, I'll leave a link to that in the show notes too. Lindsay, well. you're the best. Well, I thank you, Laura. You're the best. And so um, for I you. forgave you a long time ago, so we're good. That is true. I'm well, kidding. Let's, let's <laughs> I am working on you, and I, I know it's going to happen. I know you're getting off my list soon, but it's just not quite happened yet. So pray for me. Hey, thank you all for listening. It would be so nice if you would review the podcast on iTunes. And don't forget to check out my book, Why I Hate Green Beans, and Laura's book, Forgive, at your favorite retailer. We have links to both in the show notes. Until we're together again, love you, mean it, Texas forever.